oh, for the energy. If you stand, I'll get, I'll get to the scripture shortly. What I wanted to address is that halfway into the first sentence on verse 12, Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this. And so I want to back up two verses and say, here's what that this is. On 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, being like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And now we're into 12 through 16. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold on it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward, that, toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. The word of the Lord. Thank you. Well, thank you, Gail. You've kind of figured out where I'm going today. By going to the, yeah, the last the t- verses 10 11. And Lee, Lee, can you hear me? Thank you for that testimony today. Because that is exactly the heart of what I'm talking about this morning. Lee would not want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He's one of those people in the congregation that is an unelected leader. We look to people like Lee. We do. And and so when someone like Lee says, I have not arrived, I've still got progress to make, that's the heart of what I'm talking about today, Lee. So thank you for a great introduction to my message this morning. You know, I... um, I don't know if the Apostle Paul would have, um, if he lived today, if we would have had season tickets to the Broncos or the Buffs, or he would have been a big ESPN fan, I'm not sure. But he seemed to be familiar with the athletic contests that were popular in his day. Sometimes he speaks of wrestling, he speaks of boxing, other times he speaks of running or winning the race, he, he mentions the games and receiving the victor's crown. He also seemed familiar with the determination, discipline, and focus that it would take to be successful in such contests. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul writes this, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. You know, there were a number of famous athletic contests that took place in the days of Paul. There, was, there were the Olympics, the Pythian, the Nemean, and the Isthmian Games. 
And these contests involve boxing, wrestling, fighting wild beasts, that must have been exciting, and running. And there were large amphitheaters throughout the Roman Empire, Palestine, and even in Jerusalem in which these contests, these games were held. And so Paul, in in the language that he uses today, and he talks about straining and pressing on, that kind of thing. He was using language that was familiar to to the crowd that he was addressing. People from a Roman city like Philippi would be especially familiar with the games because that was a big thing with the Romans. And so Paul focuses on the essence of sports in order to illustrate spiritual truths. What we see in our text today draws a parallel between sports, especially running, and living the Christian life. Now, there's a mentality that is evidenced by those who press on to win the prize. There's a mentality that people who press on to win the prize have. And that mentality is characterized by some things I want to share with you now. The first is a holy discontent. And we can, we can kind of put the wrong, have the wrong view of that word discontent. I'm not talking about, well, Matt, my neighbor has more than I do. I'm unhappy about that. I live with this kind of disgruntled way of life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about with a, a dissatisfaction that, of where we are spiritually. In other words, I, I never have this feeling that I've arrived. You know, it's on cruise control now. Uh, I don't have to work anymore. I'm, you know, I actually, uh, I worked with a guy like that one time. He'd grown up in a Christian home. I was doing some construction and he was a young guy and was doing quite well. We used to have these spiritual conversations on the job because the whole framing crew was were a bunch of Christian guys. And I remember him saying, I don't, you know, I don't need to read my Bible anymore. I, have to wear, I, I did all that stuff growing up in the church. Oops. Bad idea. So we need to have a holy dis- discontent. Paul said, not that I have already obtained all this and Good job of referring to what he was referring to, Gail. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. I have not arrived. There's still higher ground to gain. That's what he's saying here. So... We ha- here we have this statement by this great Christian. I mean, we would all look at Paul and kind of, you know, put him on a pedestal. Who never permitted himself to be satisfied with his spiritual accomplishments. So, we see that a holy discontent is the first essential for making progress in what we might call the Christian race. What was Paul saying? Well, he was saying, I know I haven't arrived yet. I can't rest on my laurels. I must continue to grow and press toward the goal. A high calling of Jesus Christ. And unlike many contemporary leaders in Paul's day, he had no problem admitting his own shortcomings. He was very honest about some of those things. Paul wasn't perfect and he knew it. And that would be the motivation for his spiritual growth to continue. 
He knew he was not there yet. And that was motivation for him to continue to seek Jesus Christ. So I think if Paul needed to keep growing and striving, then surely every one of us must do the same. What happens to a person when they become spiritually satisfied or comfortable? Yeah, we kind of... That's our, my illustration of the easy chair. We lose ground, don't we? By the way, did you notice how well balanced I was? <laughs> they lose ground. We kind of think this... We kind of look, I think the spiritual life kind of goes like this, and there may be times when we kind of plateau. Uh-uh. It does this, or it does this. And Paul knew that. <clears throat> um, it, in our Christian walk, we're either growing or we're declining. How many of you are familiar with the TV program Ninja Warriors? Hey, Good. Good, good, good. Well, I don't know if you're aware, but we have at least six ninjas who train in our gym within the core. They're on television. They're high-level in-the-core contestants. One of those, in fact, one of those was in the final competition last season and missed out on winning it all by one-tenth of a second. He's that good. If you've watched these people perform, you know how incredibly fit, strong, and skilled they are. Both men and women, by the way. We have both. So, um, if, if they looked back on their most recent season and said, I did pretty well last year. I think I'll relax. Quit working out every day. You know, why sweat and get tired and... And just, I think I'll take it easy this year. I'm as good as I need to be. How competitive do you think they would be next season? Eh. Well, let me tell you, the ninjas I know don't think that way. They have a goal in mind and they work hard to achieve it. They are never content with their level of fitness, strength, and skill, and so constantly train to improve. Right, Dean? So how sad for a Christian who says, I've grown enough, I've learned enough, I've matured enough, I can put it in neutral and coast now. And here's the problem with coasting. If you're doing that, this is the direction you're generally going, downhill. It's hard to coast uphill. It's obvious how that kind of attitude then slams the door on future growth, I think. So, ask yourself a question. Am I satisfied with where I am spiritually? Do any of us think we've arrived and have no need for progress or improvement? To even ask those questions probably seems kind of ridiculous because it's obvious that there is always room for growth, right? It is obvious that there's always room for growth. I mean, when someone like Lee Swenson says, I've still got growth... To accomplish in my life, we should be saying, boy, if Lee's... The song we sang earlier, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Is that true in our lives? 
Paul was not satisfied with his own progress. And that is what drove him to become more mature and effective. Listen to Carl Sandburg's advice. Before you go to sleep, say to yourself, I haven't reached my goal yet. And I'm going to be uncomfortable and to a degree unhappy until I do. Well, we won't until we stand before Jesus, will we? Preacher Philip Brooks said this, Sad will be the day for any man when he becomes content with the thoughts he is thinking, the deeds he has been doing, when there is not forever beating at the door of his heart the desire to do the great work for which he knows he was made. And so we see a holy discontent is essential for spiritual growth. Right? Well, a, a, another mentality that, that people have who are, who are striving, straining for the, for the goal of, of the high calling of Jesus Christ in their lives is uncompromising devotion. Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In that same song we sang, I'm pressing on, it says, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Uncompromising devotion. Paul's words here that I just shared with you convey a dynamic truth. We need a clear focus and must be devoted to a singular goal. Our lives, however, are often not categorized by this one thing I do. We lead pretty busy lives, don't we? So for, for us, a lot of times, it's all these things I do. In contrast to that, Paul had this singular focus that we might call a magnificent obsession. And so whether he was sailing the Mediterranean or speaking in the synagogue or the temple, or writing letters to young churches, he was focused on Jesus. For Paul, life's every situation was faced in view of his relationship with Jesus Christ and his heavenward goal. Paul was able to grow and be used by God to grow the kingdom because he knew what his target was, and he was aiming at it. Uncompromising devotion is a secret to influence and effectiveness. You know, if a, if a river is allowed to overflow its banks, it just produces a swamp. But if the river is controlled and directed, it becomes a great source of power and good. Being clearly devoted to our spiritual goal helps us to live for what matters. And most and most of us, it would help us to get our priorities in order. Now, we understand that there are any number of priorities in our lives. Um, and those can change depending on what stage in life we are at. Right? Um, but there is one overriding priority that we should always be devoted and that is, in the words of Paul, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection, 
and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. That was Paul's goal. Is our one thing I do pressing on toward the spiritual goal to which we have been called? Is it that? And then the mentality of those who press on to win the prize is focused direction. But one thing I do, and he talks about forgetting what is behind and pressing on. This is about keeping our eyes focused on the present and the future rather than in the past. You know, when you drive a car, you spend most of your time looking through the windshield. We're we should look in the rearview mirror once in a while to make sure, you know, what's going on behind us. But basically, here's our focus, isn't it? It's what's up ahead. Um, what would happen in a race if all the runners were looking back over their shoulders the entire time they were running? Well, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? Um, I could see some collisions. I could see some possible injuries. I can see nobody finishing the race. Disaster strikes when we're looking back all the time. So, how does looking to the past trip us up in the present? Well, the past is often filled with both achievements and things we regret. Sins in our lives. If we choose to focus on our past mistakes and sins, then we can be immobilized by guilt and regret. And although we may have asked for forgiveness, we sometimes can't shake the shame and regret that we have for those things that happened in our past. But this didn't seem to be a problem for the Apostle Paul. Paul had been a persecutor and murderer of Christians. But when he came to faith in Jesus, he received God's grace and forgiveness. Paul's strategy, he said, was was to try to forget the past and strain toward the future. Now, let me expand on that a little. In the Bible, the the idea to forget does not mean that it erases all our memories. Have you ever seen that, what was it, the movie Men in Black, where they had that little thing that erased all your memories? Well, that doesn't happen. I don't think that Paul was saying that he'd erased from his mind the memories of what he had done in the past. Rather, what it means to forget is no longer influenced or affected by those memories. So I believe Paul is telling us that he no longer allowed those memories to weigh him down and to hinder his progress. He had a goal that he was moving toward. That wasn't going to be baggage that he carried in his life. And I love one of the things about CR is to help us unload the baggage. When God promises, and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more, God is not suggesting that he has a bad memory. But he no longer holds those sins against us. I don't know how God does that. It's one of the things that makes him God. And so forgetting the things behind simply means... To break the power of the past by living for the future, since the past cannot be changed, but the future can. The other way that focusing on the past can trip us up is by resting on our achievements and accomplishments. Hey, look what I've done. 
as we noticed in the past couple of sermons that I preached on Philippians, Paul had some great religious achievements. He could look back on. He could have glory in. But the important thing was not the past, but the present and the future. Being faithful in the past doesn't help us if we are not faithful in the present and the future. Imagine God uh, saying to God, well, in my first ten years of walking with Christ, I was full of zeal. I was in worship every Sunday. I read my Bible and prayed daily. I gave generously of my money and time. And I helped lead ten people to Jesus Christ. Well, I figure I've done enough. So for the last 20 years, I've just been coasting. And that's why you don't see me in worship or in prayer or serving people anymore. You know, that's not the kind of spiritual walk or attitude that pleases God. We must live and serve in the present and strive for the future. Our focus must not be directed toward the past, whether the past was filled with great achievements or great, great regrets. And then those who have the mentality of pressing on toward the goal have an undaunted determination. Paul says twice, I press on. In some other versions it says, I strain toward. The word that, the word that Paul uses for press on in the original language is a very vivid word used for runners in a race going all out for the victory tape at the finish line. Uh, do, uh, do you remember that movie, Chariots of Fire, about Eric Liddell, Little? And I, I kind of thought it was overdone, but I remember he was like, mm, this in the race, you know. Well, that's a good, kind of a good illustration of what Paul's talking about here as far as straining toward the finish line. My coach would have said, you're tightening up, you need to relax, but... Envision the runner leaning into the tape, hands clawing the air, every muscle in full exertion, oblivious to everything else as he or she throws himself across the finish line to break the tape. Paul said that that is the kind of spiritual drive and effort that he sought to put forth. Paul was determined to be God's servant. He was determined to accomplish God's mission and was determined to receive God's reward. But it's important to know that that determination was not all based on Paul's own effort. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1, verse 29, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. You're not going to do it on your own. That's what Paul's saying. It takes the power of Christ in us. You know, I think back to the Old Testament about Nehemiah. He went back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. And that was the one thing he was focused on. He had done an evaluation. He knew what needed to be done. He had concentration. There was one thing he was focused on. And he had that determination to see the job done. Listen to what God's Word says. Now when, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, 
although up to that time I had not set up the doors in the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come and let us meet together at Hekepharim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should I stop the work while I leave it and come down to you? I'm focused on a goal. I don't have time for this stuff. The examples in Scripture of people like Nehemiah and Paul, I hope, inspire us to the same determination that they possessed. Let's be determined like these men determined, determined to accomplish God's mission and determined to receive God's reward. But let's also be determined to strain toward the goal by employing God's power, not just our own. Amen? And with a mentality to strain on toward the prize, the high calling of Jesus, it means that we have undistracted discipline. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. This phrase speaks, speaks, speaks of consistent living that is a result of discipline. <clears throat> yeah. Thought puberty was behind me, but it takes discipline to maintain consistent attention to an important goal, doesn't it? It goes back to these ninjas in the gym. It takes discipline to show up every day and go through these outrageous workouts that I couldn't hope to do because they have a goal in mind. And it true, and it come, certainly it comes true when it when it's about maintaining a level of fitness. Now I'm going to give you kind of a poor illustration because Julie and I are nowhere near where ninjas are, but. Almost two years ago, Julie and I began attending workouts within the core three times a week in the morning. And we have to be there around 7 a.m. and then go through a routine of stretching and warm-up. And sometimes we think that part should be done, but there's still the workout. So we do the stretching, warm-up, and the workout for the day. And workouts can involve a a variety of things intended to increase strength, mobility, balance, cardiovascular conditioning. And frankly, some of those workouts are pretty difficult. I mean, I'm, my hands are on my knees. I go outside because I can get, get enough air in the gym. It's just like, ugh. We're gassed when we get done. But Julie and I have found that we've improved in our fitness levels. We've lost weight. We've seen improvement in all these areas that I mentioned that we work on. But what would happen if we stopped being disciplined and gave up on those workouts? We'd slide right back to where we were before we began. And, and the same thing is true when it comes to our spiritual lives. We have to continue to practice spiritual disciplines or we will lose the spiritual ground we've gained. It's just the way it works. Remember, we don't just kind of level out and park in this neutral place. So how easy is it to get out of good habits of being in worship and Bible study? How easy is it to do that? Ah, My big toe hurts. I don't think I'll go this morning. Or, you know, I've got this thing and I'll never get it done. How easy easy is it 
to get out of the good habits of daily Bible reading and prayer? How easy is it to get out of the good habits of being careful about making wholesome choices of television programs or movies or what you watch when you surf the web? How easy is it to get out of those things? Way too easy. If we're going to be able to keep making progress toward the spiritual goal of maturity in Christ, we have to maintain a discipline of healthy spiritual practices, even while we try to make even more progress. Right? I'm pressing on the upward way. We don't want to regress and lose ground. But we want to keep living up to the progress we've already attained. And with God's help, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we can. But we must do our part by being discontent, by being devoted, by being focused on our goal, by being determined, and by being disciplined. Did you get all those D's? The the legendary Pablo Casals was asked why he continued to practice. He was a cellist. Pablo Casals was asked why he continued to practice at the age 90. He replied, because I think I'm making progress. Alan Redpath, who was a British evangelist, pastor, and author, said this, The conversion of the soul is a miracle of a moment, but the manufacture of a saint is the task of a lifetime. That was the case for the Apostle Paul. In his own words, he said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. But what if Paul had not finished the race, but gave up somewhere along the way? I used to officiate track meets sometimes as a timer or a starter or a finished judge. When you get the results from a race, it doesn't matter what the distance. You find listed there beside each contestant's name the time uh, that they completed the race in. But on occasion, rather than the time listed, you will find the initials DNF. You know what that means? Did not finish. Yeah. Um, not so much in the sprints but sometimes but more often in what we would call the distance races you'll occasionally find DNF behind a runner's contestant's name for whatever reason that individual dropped out and did not finish the race well Our spiritual journey through life is like a distance running event. It would be nice if it was just a hundred yards, but it's not. And you can call it a 5K or a 10K or a marathon, but the point is to fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith 
means that we must not be confused with the progress we We, we must be con- discontent with our progress. We can't say we've arrived. And we must be focused in one direction, determined and disciplined. So, thinking about that, we need to ask ourselves today, what am I doing to make sure that DNF will not be by my name? I want to finish, don't you? Paul wanted to finish, and he was determined to do so. And he tells us how, in this passage, I've just shared with you today what it takes. We have to be focused on a prize, don't we? And strain toward that. Press on. I like those words. Press on. Press on. To me, that sounds like no matter what stands in my way, no matter matter what kind of difficulties I have to, to deal with, <clears throat> no matter how long COVID goes on, no, what, no matter what challenges come into my life personally, I'm going to strain, I'm going to press on toward the high calling of God to Christ Jesus in my life. It's what it takes, folks. And I, you know... I think when you talk about that, I mean, I I know personally at times in our lives we face our own difficulties, but in the world we live in, in the country we live in, it's really not been too difficult, has it? I don't know how much that's changing. We may have to have greater determination than ever to press on toward the goal, amen? And yet that has to be our determination. That's what Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is calling us to, amen? Father, we, we come to you today. You know, we, we can talk about all these things that all these D words. And certainly those things need to be a part of our mentality. They need to characterize who we are. But I think what's really important there too is what Paul recognized, and that is he didn't just depend on his own effort. I mean he had to make some, no doubt about that. He had to have determination and devotion and focus and discipline and all those things. But he also needed the power of the work of the Holy Spirit in his life to accomplish that goal. To keep pressing on toward the high calling of Jesus Christ in his life. So that He would know Christ and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Lord Jesus, that is our goal, and that is our determination as we walk with You and You by Your Spirit empower us. And thank You that we have Your help. You have not left us alone, but You go with us every step. So, Father, in these moments today, if we need to recommit to that discipline, to that determination, to that devotion, to that focus, may we do so today. Because if we're going to accomplish, first of all, your aims for our lives, and what should be our aim as well, but, Lord God, our mission as a church, 
Those things need to be present in us. Obviously present, I pray. So we will make a difference in the world where we live, no matter what the atmosphere is like. To make a difference for Jesus Christ and always to pursue that heavenward calling that we have. In Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray all of these things. Amen.